1: Each week at this time we gather for spiritual conversation and enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Time and distance is no barrier to energy, and that means that no matter when you're listening, no matter how you found us, you're here for a reason. And I hope that something in the next hour lights you up and helps you move forward. What if you could transform your life as it is now to a life that you might never have even allowed yourself to dream of. Healer and author Jenny Mannion is here. She will share some tools for change that take just a few minutes, but that we can also access at any time. Jenny believes living a life you love is not an impossible goal, but in fact it is our birthright. Are you ready to meet her? Jenny Mannion transformed her life from one rife with chronic illness to one with glowing health, which she's maintained for many years now. Since healing, Jenny's become an alternative healing practitioner and a mind-body mentor. She's the author of the new book, A Short Path to Change. Jenny now conducts workshops and is a contributing blogger for the Huffington Post, and you can find out more about Jenny and her work at JennyMannion.com. Jenny, welcome to Out of the Fog.
0: Thank you so much
1: for having me, Karen. I'm really interested always in hearing stories of the journeys that people have had that bring them to this place. You found yourself very seriously ill through years of health problems. Can you share what what that was, what happened, and what brought you to the place you are now?
0: Sure. Yeah, I was a young mom and... Started feeling chronic pain and went to the doctors for answers, and the first diagnosis I received was chronic mono. They always found the Epstein-Barr virus in my blood. The next was fibromyalgia, so that really kind of had me feeling like I had the pain pain or the flu almost every day, Mm -hmm. and the pain would kind of move to different areas, but mostly in my legs would feel almost like I couldn't walk a lot of times, but that achy flu-like feeling. Uh, The next was a genetic blood disorder factor five lied in, which they said I was more likely to get a blood clot, which I promptly manifested within four weeks and wound up in the hospital for four days after Mm -hmm. they told me that. And the last was really kind of grim. It was Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, benign hypermobility. And with that diagnosis came the prognosis that I would most likely be in a wheelchair because the pain was in my legs and it could happen as soon as a year and my life would be one of a ton of painkillers and physical therapy. So it was very sad to hear that in my mid-30s, a mom of two young kids. And I went through all the traditional routes of Western medicine, joined support groups, which were not helpful, which made me really identify even more with my disease. And I found most of them were actually people like kind of one-upping each other with their horror stories of how bad, life was for them and I actually even read one book that said to have a funeral for my old self because I was never going to be that self again so it wasn't very inspiring messages oh. I was receiving oh. uh, and the doctors just said I would be worse I'd never got that that hope that maybe I would feel better there were a couple things that led to me changing my mind and I and in effect changing my health the first was I met someone that hadn't known me before and when she met me It was just that kind of connection you have with someone, you know, a girlfriend. And I wasn't big on taking painkillers, but I would take a painkiller to go for a walk with her. And it became like I became Jenny again. I wasn't mom. I wasn't wife. I wasn't the sick person. I was just Jenny. So I think that really put me in that good space to receive when someone told me to watch the movie The Secret. It was about a year before I did. And a couple of things in that movie resonated. It was the attitude of gratitude. I knew that I had not been spending time being grateful. I would spent a lot of time in my head saying how sad life was. I wonder if I'm going to be able to drive today. I wonder if it's safe for me to be able to take my children anywhere today. I wonder if I'm going to pass out in pain And constant doctors uh, didn't make me feel very grateful. So I said, okay, well, I can change that. And the other thing was that we're always creating cells. Our body's 99.999% new in 11 months. So where we put our thoughts and emotions, it just kind of made sense to me that that would help create healthy cells. If I'm concentrating on my pain and I would wake up every morning saying, ow, my legs, ow, this hurts. If I'm concentrating on that, that's really not going to be helping create healthy cells. So what I said was I didn't have any doctors that I absolutely had to be at every day. I said, you know what, I'm not going to go to the doctors for a little while. And I'm just going to focus on what I'm telling myself because that was another thing. Like I'm telling myself I'm sick. I'm telling myself I have all these symptoms. And I really just began to pay attention to my self-talk, which was horrible. Uh, It was really negative. All the things I couldn't do, all the things I wasn't enough. I had a lot of um, just anger towards myself that I was sick. And I started being a little kinder and gentler to myself, really watching how I spoke to myself, concentrating on, even if it was my little finger that didn't hurt, I'd concentrate all my energy on that and say, I'm so grateful for my pinky. That doesn't hurt. That means there's healthy cells in my body. That means my body's able to repair itself. Uh, I dove into the mind-body connection material, Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dyer, the power of intention, just really surrounded myself with the positivity for a few weeks. (laughs) Three weeks later, I was pain-free. And I have not had that pain since. It's been nine years. And within a year, I was, I was off all medications in three, three weeks except for the blood thinner. I had to get a hematologist's approval to go off of that. And I was a little hesitant to go back to doctors right after. So it took me about a year to get my cards to go back, go back and see him. And even he said with, uh, with where my mind was currently, it was more dangerous for me to be on the blood thinner than to be off of it. And he gave me his blessing to go off of it. So I've been medication-free, pain-free for nine years now.
1: Wow. And were they able to see uh, changes in your blood levels or in imaging tests that that kind of um, validate that remission? Clearly you Clearly you're healed because there you are.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it took me a long time to go back to doctors. Actually, honestly, since then, I've run into my doctors and they've kind of looked at me in shock. Like, what did you do? I'm like, uh, I healed myself. <laughs> and it was interesting when I did go back to the doctor, the doctor that I had, who was very big on prescribing medication, I had to tell her no a lot of times because I refused the antidepressants. I was like, I'm not depressed. I'm sad because I'm sick. There's a difference. I want to know how I feel. When I went back, the doctor had been replaced by um, an Indian doctor, and her first, qu- her first statement to me was, I don't prescribe medications easily. Do you meditate? Ah. So <laughs> it was pretty amazing that I felt like I had vibrationally attracted that to me, you know, um, a different doctor. And yeah, I mean, all the doctors since then, I mean, blood levels, everything is normal, you know, and I just feel healthy. You know, I feel uh, much different than I did. It was very hard in the beginning to even look back at that. I was very judgmental on myself even looking back. And that, you know, reason the first chapter of my book is forgiveness and self-forgiveness because we're so hard on ourselves. So I had a lot of self-forgiveness work to do, you know, because I said things like, oh, if I had healed myself sooner, you know, I would have been a better mom. But just really coming to peace with the sickness now is like my 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 uh, greatest teacher. I learned a lot about myself. I learned compassion. I think it helps me working with my clients because I know that, I know what being in a doctor's office is like. I know what invasive tests are like. I know what waiting for results is like and clinging to the di- diagnosis and becoming those symptoms. So I am so grateful for that time now. It took a little while to get there, but I am really grateful for that time now.
1: In the book, you share a lot about your own path and also about some of your your work as a healer, there's a vulnerability there. And I have always believed that vulnerability, a willingness to be vulnerable and healing go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that way?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really do feel like we need to have that open heart. You know, we need to be able to communicate honestly with ourselves first so that we're able to, trust other people and be open with other people and have that vulnerability with them as well.
1: Now this book, a short path to change it's divided in, in four parts and you ask readers to go through it in order. This makes me happy because we're supposed to read books in order and we do right. I'm very rule-based. So yes. Oh good. A book I'm supposed to read in order. Can you say a little bit about the parts of the book and why is it so important to do it in order?
0: Yeah, and I do give a little flexibility within those units. You can flip around a little bit, but it does make more sense in order. There is a reason I wrote it that way. The first section is all about getting rid of the old stuff. So I deal with things like forgiveness, self-forgiveness, negative self-talk, paying attention to your influences around you. It's really the tools to help you start assessing your life and lovingly <laughs> you know, decide what you're willing to get rid of. And I give exercises for each each chapter on how to get rid of those things in a loving way. The second section is all about the chakras. I am an energy junkie. I love chakras because they've really become my inner diagnostic system. And I really do feel like if people knew this, they would be able to bring their body back into balance before some of these diseases manifest. I give a lot of information about ways to bring the chakras back in balance by affirmations, by foods, by exercises, yoga poses, crystals. So I do really think it's important. I don't really get sick very often anymore. And when I do, if I get a sore throat, I know to look to my throat chakra and find out what's out of balance and bring it back. So I think there's a lot of power in knowing that. And also we can, it's the second section, because I want people to be able to look at themselves and see maybe what's not in balance and what needs a little love and attention. The third section is all about the present moment. We are anywhere but. We're in the past. We're in the future. We're worried. We're thinking things have to be always the same. We have a million distractions around us at all times, between the phones, TVs, computers. So I offer tools how to get present, tools in self-love, gratitude, anchors, energy work, meditation, tools to just help you get to that present moment and shut out everything else because in the present moment is where our power is. We can decide, I'm not going to react to that the same way anymore if we're conscious enough to see what's happening, when it's happening. And the last section is tools to keep moving forward and also some things that are maybe not so comfortable to address but we have to. Things like shadows, self-sabotage, but also things like letting go and receiving and setting intentions.
1: Well, there's a wonderful, there's a progression, there's a beautiful progression there. And part of why I asked you that is that I feel like, at least in my life, when I am wanting to make a change, it helps me to know that I'm going to start at the beginning, move through it, and then come out at the end. There's sometimes, there are some kinds of spiritual teachings that suggest that if you just... Mm, I don't know. Uh, crinkle your nose like on Bewitched. <laughs> then all of a sudden, the change will have happened. Bing, just like that. And the truth is that everything—even if you heal yourself of a lot of diseases in three weeks—everything is a process. Oh yeah. And when when you skip the process, you skip the whole. You skip the good part.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you can you can just go back to that same behavior if you haven't changed something significantly or looked at it then the same thing can manifest again. So you do want to go deep within. And I know that sometimes that seems scary to some people because we're so hard on ourselves. And if you can do it in a loving manner and not in that judgmental manner that we usually have with ourselves, but know that you're addressing these things so that you can change. These these patterns might have been in place for 20, 30 years. It's not going to take 20 or 30 years to change them. If you're kind and loving to yourself, I mean, some might be able to change in days, weeks, you know, some... Or a little harder, it might take months, but it's still worth it because you're putting that intention forward that you want your life to be different. And in doing that, you do, you do change the energy around the situation. You can change your relationships. You, change, you can change every aspect of your life.
1: Can you say a little bit about negative self-talk? I know that for me, that's a big deal. And I talk to people all the time who are like, where is this voice coming from? Like this judgmental, harsh, where is that coming from? How can we stop that in a, maybe in a loving way?
0: First, it's noticing it. Uh, So many times we can say these negative things to ourselves and not even recognize it. I mean, how many times, you know, girlfriends say, I look fat in this dress or I, you know, like all these horrible things we say to ourselves, uh, if we didn't understand something, oh, I don't understand that, I must be stupid. or yeah, These things, a lot of times they've come from someone else. Sometimes they can come from our family of origin, they can come from collect- collective consciousness, just what we are kind of told we are supposed to be, and we're judging ourselves against that. I talk about roles in my book because that's another thing we judge ourselves on. If we're a mom, if we're a wife, yeah, if we're you know, a daughter or son, we're we're judging ourselves on that. Are we a good enough husband or wife? Are we a good enough daughter? Or we you know, and we hold ourselves in such like high expectation and we don't allow ourselves to just be human. I mean, this human experience is beautiful because we do get to learn and we do get to choose another path. And if we're loving and kind we can recognize that and say there we're perfect in our imperfections. You know, this is this is about learning and growing. It's okay. And to give ourselves that permission to, I always tell my clients to think about how you would talk to a loved one. Like one of the people that you just love and adore that makes you smile. Would you say this to your loved one? Like we wouldn't dare. We wouldn't dream of talking to someone we care of like that. So a lot of times in my book, I have a self-love exercise where we do visualize someone that we really love coming to us with the same kind of issues that we tell ourselves. And suddenly things can switch. We can look at it in a much much more loving manner. We have advice. (laughs) We can like give ourselves an inner hug, but we're just so trained and life is hard. uh, You got to do better. You got to work hard. And these are all beliefs that we can decide that they don't suit us anymore. But it's really in listening to ourselves. Where did that come from? Do I believe that? You know, questioning those beliefs that we can begin to change it. And there's such power in that.
1: Well, in changing how we live... In accordance with that way, I, I said, this would be a better story if I could remember the specifics, and I can't, but I asked my son something 13 years old. And I I said something, he said something, and I made a crack about I don't know how I would fall over or how I looked fat or how I wasn't. And I thought I was making a joke. And he stopped. He's like, Mama, don't. Talk that way about yourself. I'm like, no, no, I'm not really talking about myself. It's a joke. I'm just, I'm just fooling around. He's like, no, don't talk that way about yourself. And in that moment, I had a kind of a mirror for how unaware I was of what comes out of my mouth or maybe even sort of what's what's in my heart. Yeah, it is
0: amazing. That's children are so beautiful at mirroring that back to us, too. Yeah. And it, and it is so important that we love ourselves because we do reflect that out. And someone that feels really, really badly about themselves is not probably not going to attract someone to them that treats them the best because they're not putting their best self forward. They're saying they're not worthy. So if you're saying you're not worthy, what are you going to attract to you?
1: As you say in the book, that the way we, the way we love ourselves, is is like a mirror that shows other people how to treat us. Yeah. Mm. And that's very powerful because at least I and you may too. I connect with a lot of people who are wondering, why does this always happen to me? Why is this there? This pattern in my health or my relationship or my finance or my other areas of my personal life. Why does this keep happening to me? And part of that responsibility, uh, awareness lies in being able to look at how am I doing this to myself?
0: Yeah. What am I, yeah. What am I surrounding myself with? What am I telling myself about myself? Uh, And also that you really have to have that self worth to know that you deserve more and to claim that for yourself, you know, and it might be a little, little work on yourself. Uh, That's Okay. Because like I said it's not going to take that long it really isn't it's just that attention and it's much more powerful to be creating these new patterns than to just feel stuck and when we feel stuck we're just gonna feel worse about ourselves there's something wrong with me I'm, I'm attracting this dysfunctional relationship and you know again mm-hmm. uh, but if you start to look at, at yourself and there's so many aspects of that uh, we just we tend to sit in the sludge of of what's bad. Uh, that's part of it, too, is we will harp on about something we feel we said or did that we didn't like over and over again, sometimes for minutes, hours, days, weeks, sometimes even years, but we don't even allow ourselves to sit in the good moments for a couple seconds because it's uncomfortable. So that's one of the things I have people do, too, is start to sit in those good moments. Start to give gratitude for yourself for something you did today even if it's something that you you take for granted like you did the laundry and you cooked dinner for your family today or if it's something you did like take a yoga class i mean all of those things deserve gratitude for yourself and we're so quick to insult ourselves and it's so hard for us it's so hard for us to give ourselves the credit that we deserve
1: do you believe jenny that all physical illness or dis, disease comes from the energetic qualities that we hold. Can any physical illness be healed through what you teach?
0: I don't know about any. I mean, I've had, I have had late stage cancer clients where cancer has disappeared and I have had somewhere where it does not disappear. Mm-hmm. I think that healing is a very loose, term healing can be the transition if the person is ready to go. Uh, healing can be a lessening of symptoms. Uh, I've had I had a client that was actually, it was late stage cancer and he'd actually been in kind of a, a coma for like three, three weeks. I mean, he'd come to a little bit but not conscious, not being able to speak. And his family hired me to do healing, and when I did healing work, he was able to come to and speak and tell them, like, his final wishes and where things were. So, I mean, I don't believe that it's appropriate that all disease would disappear in an instant because Mm -hmm. I think that there are so many different scenarios that, um, yeah, sometimes the disease is is serving a purpose uh, somehow. Uh, I do believe that most disease can be healed. I believe that most disease can be prevented. If, if we have this awareness in our lives, if we are able to take accountability for our emotions, process emotions, for everything we're putting in our body, you know, food, uh, what we're surrounding ourselves with. Um, but I wouldn't say 100 percent because then I think, too, of, you know, babies that have come in with with um, illnesses Uh There are things that happen that are beyond my understanding. Um, I do work with Akashic Records, too, and sometimes I will find things from past lives, too, that do contribute. But I don't don't know if I would say 100%.
1: I'm kind of glad to hear you say that, just because my sense is that we sometimes can tend to... um, Decide how things are going to be, just like we do with the negative self-talk or surrounding ourselves with bad things. We decide how it's going to be, and then we impose that on ourselves. And and there are sometimes, at least in my experience, where that illness is a, is as you say that transition is a way of letting go of the body. Yeah. Is a there's a natural um, there's a process there there's a journey happening there's something there to be honored. And uh, I had a really interesting conversation on this program a few weeks ago with Stephen Jenkinson about managed uh, managed death and the way that the healthcare system now um, kind of m- like mandates what's going to happen and doesn't allow people to experience what they're experiencing. And part of what I think is so cool about what you're teaching is that awareness in the body, that openness to self, that allowing so that you can feel what you're really feeling experience what's really there so that you can then transmute anything that isn't serving you as you did with your Mm -hmm. illness. Does that feel right?
0: That feels very right. Yeah. And and it, it is all, it always comes back to the awareness and it is challenging these days because there are so many distractions and that is why I, I, the tools I pick are always like a couple of minutes long because we will, find, we will find our way back to those distractions. Uh, so, you know, but we can all have two minutes a couple times a day. You know, we can all make that time for ourselves. We all, you know, usually we shower almost every day or every day. You know, we have the shower time to do these exercises. So it really is just Becoming aware that you need to become aware and bringing that awareness into any moment. I mean, any moment could be a meditation. Washing dishes could be a meditation. Or it can be you're, you know, complaining to yourself that you have to wash the dishes. You know, every moment is an opportunity to decide how we're going to feel in that moment.
1: And it's a gift. And you can take that gift and love every minute of it knowing another gift is coming right behind it. Or... You can take that moment and fill it up with poison or discomfort or, or whatever it is that you've, that you've got going on. To me, a lot of healing is accepting the gift. What is the gift here? And accepting, accepting that gift. Now we're right down at the bottom of the hour. I know the clock is catching us here. When we, come back jenny i'd love to just hear just a little bit about how you work with those clients who are at the end of their lives the techniques that you use as a healer with clients in all states of health just to hear a little bit more about what you do and then i'd love to talk about your beliefs about getting into the present moment as we are making change in our life does that sound like an okay thing that sounds wonderful, Thank Oh, good, you're listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager. I'm talking with Jenny Mannion. Her new book is A Short Path to Change, 30 Ways to Transform Your Life. We'll be right back with more conversation with Jenny after this. Do you get tired of styling your hair every day? And do you want a good hairstyle every day? Hi, I'm Sarah Schuster. I went on a website called
0: inventnow.org. And after that, I decided to invent something too, something called
1: the Insta-Do. Just imagine, you just put it over your head like a helmet does, and you pick your hairstyle with the buttons on the side, and you can have instant hairstyle in seconds. People like it. People like Jeff Bart. I like it. And people like Kenneth. It's this helmet thing, and it fits over your head, and it's great. Thank you, and- Kenneth. You should go to inventnow.org, and it could help you come up with your own
0: invention. After all, look at me on yeah. the radio now. Anything's possible. Keep thinking. Get started on your own inventions, or just play some games at inventnow.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the National Inventors Hall of Fame Foundation, and the Ad
1: Council. Hey, Larry, mind if I sit down? Nope. <laughs> oh, this coffee tastes like uh, coffee. Coffee. So what's going on? Not much. What's new? Not much. Okay, but can you please put the newspaper down while you say not much? What what newspaper? This newspaper. Oh, dude. What happened to your face? I see one, two, three, four, five, six... Dude, what is this? Eleven pieces of toilet paper stuck to your face? I'm shaving in the dark to save energy. I'm helping the environment. That's a dangerous way to help the environment. Well, sometimes you have to sacrifice yourself for the greater good. Dude, there's an easier and safer way to help the environment without sacrificing yourself. Go green, go public. Take public transportation. It's good for the environment, and you won't have to live behind a newspaper. Wow. But for now, put the newspaper back up. A message from the public transportation systems across the country. To learn more, visit publictransportation.org. I'm home, and I love it. I'm home where I belong. It's always nice to come home, but these days, many Americans are at risk of foreclosure and losing their homes. Fortunately, help is available. Making Home Affordable is a free program from the U.S. government that has already helped over a million struggling homeowners, and we want to help you. I'm home. I love it. I'm home. I'm home. Find out Where now what your home. options are. Go to makinghomeaffordable.gov or call 1 888 995 HOPE. The sooner you act, the better chance we can help you. I'm home. I'm home. Where Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, and the Ad
0: Council. And now back to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager on Empower Radio. Empowerradio.com.
1: Welcome back to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager, and I'm talking with Jenny Mannion. Her new book is A Short Path to Change, 30 Ways to Transform Your Life. You can find out more about Jenny and her work at JennyMannion.com. And of course, I welcome your comments, your questions, your feedback on what you're hearing today. Have you had times in your own life where you were able to receive healing, where you were able to make change by shifting your attention, shifting your awareness, focusing on the good, and that changed your life? You are very welcome to email me with your stories and your questions. My email address is karen at karenhager.com. Jenny, before the break, you had said just a little bit about your work as a healer with people in in all kinds of health, including people in late-stage cancer. As a healer, what are some of the tools that you use to assess imbalances and to change those, move through them?
0: There are a few tools that I use. Uh, speaking with the person is always wonderful. Uh, bringing awareness to—I do use the chakra system to assess if someone, for example, if someone does have breast cancer, you know, I will be looking at the fourth chakra, which is about relationships and self-love. Sometimes people will have unhealthy boundaries in relationships. i found a lot of times with women, they give too much. (laughs) They give till they don't have anything left. Uh, I had a um, a breast cancer client who actually did an Akashic reading with me where I look and see if there's things from this life or past lives, energetic uh, blocks or what would have caused. The disease sometimes, like sometimes that comes up, sometimes it does not. But in this case, uh, I'd come up with you know, 15 years prior, uh, her husband had been unfaithful to her, and that is when the breast cancer began. Mm. So we worked a lot with forgiveness and. Her being in an okay place, she did wind up taking him back, but always had kind of reservations about it and that angst of if he's going to do it again. So I work with people on a lot of different levels. On that energetic level, I do distance healing as well, uh, reconnective healing, works at a distance. I'm in upstate New York. I've had clients across the world, Australia, It it really doesn't matter. It's very interesting when I do that too because the energy fills the room. So sometimes I'll be working with a family and I encourage other family members to be in the room because sometimes they're the ones that will receive the healing too. I had a um, a young mom. She was in her late 20s and her husband was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and they had a baby, a newborn baby, nine months old. And, And the feeling I got when I when I um, worked with him was he was going. He was ready to go. He, um, he was kind of resolved to, to do that, but you know, I, I offered the session, and she received deep healing during mm-hmm. it. She saw that they had been together before and they would be together again. It gave her a lot of peace of mind to know that she would be okay. Uh, people came to her kind of from her past during sessions that she could reach out and ask for help. So it it really, I never know how it's going to affect the person, but I always do look for ways that we can switch up the energy and kind of, you know, step back and let the universe work its magic too. Uh, I don't want to insert my ego in it. You know, I can use my intuitive gifts to, to help people along, but a lot of times it's really about them receiving answers.
1: How much of a role does fear play? And I have worked with people in my practice who are afraid to leave the body and also afraid to stay because of the level of illness or pain or dysfunction that they're receiving. In in your experience, what what does fear have to do with healing?
0: Fear can really hinder healing. Uh, The good thing is, I say that we're always sending messages out. If we get diagnosed with something, a horrible disease, it would be very unlikely for us to be walking around smiling all the time. Of course we are going to have that fear and worry kick in. It's natural. It's human. But if we let it carry us away, if we get so soaked in it that we don't feel like there's hope, that's when it becomes a problem. So we'll work with people on positive affirmations, on calming exercises so they do receive that that calmness and peace of mind, getting to the present moment, because fear is based in the future. Fear and worry, we're worried about something that's going to happen in the future. If you're in the present moment, you can bring in that calmness and you can also set the intentions for what you want to happen in the future. You can begin to see yourself healthy and happy and doing things that you may not be able to do now, but that you want to do again. You can picture the energy, you know, coursing through your body and healing the parts that, and send love to the parts that need healing instead of... It's really hard because when we get sick, and I did this myself so much, my legs hurt so badly, and I was always kind of cursing my legs. Oh, legs, why don't you work? You know, (laughs) instead of sending love, gee, my legs are sending me a message, you know, that something's wrong. I can... If I was loving to them, it would be a very different environment, very healing environment. So if we can get out of fear for... A moment and just bring ourselves to the present moment, that's a lot of the work I do with people to just kind of allow themselves to be present, allow themselves to think about what they do want instead of what they don't want, and really begin to see that and pull it into their lives. If we're not giving anything out to the universe except negative intentions and that fear and worry, I love that quote, worry is like praying for something we don't want, but kind of what are we expecting the universe to hand back to us?
1: I'm a big believer in the power of the present moment as the place from which we connect with our intuition and we connect with the divine. It's where we connect with healing. It's where we connect with change. All that only, you can only do that from the present moment. Because I believe we are, especially now, living in a time when we are scrambling like mad to not be in the present moment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You share some really beautiful exercises and tools in, in the book, In a Short Path to Change, Is there an exercise or a tool that you can share with the listeners to help us maybe get into the present moment a little bit?
0: I would love that. Yeah, I would love to share an anchoring tool. And first, I'd love to tell you a little bit about what an anchor is for someone that doesn't know. I was talking before about how we're in such a, we go so quickly to those negative moments. So an anchor is one of the most positive moments we've had in our life. So something that brought us joy can be something very significant like getting married in our wedding day or it can be a walk through the woods, you know, by ourselves or with a friend that we found particularly calming. So saying that, I would love listeners and you to close your eyes and just be in the present moment. You have nothing to do, nowhere to go right now. I do love beginning these exercises by asking people to rub their hands together. Rubbing your hands together is just... Kind of awakens the energy body, and as you rub your hands together, just kind of feel how warm it feels. Feel yourself if you're sitting or laying down, and just bring yourself to that current moment. And when you're comfortable, you can take your hands a couple of inches apart, and I love that now you can feel the energy kind of coursing through your hands. A lot of times people feel tingles or warmth. And it's just a nice way. I have a very busy mind, so it's a really nice way to bring yourself to the present moment. You can even play with this a little bit. Put your hands in and out a little bit, feel that energy, and no one's judging you. If you don't feel that energy anymore and you'd like to, you can rub your hands together again. No one's, no one's judging you, only you. So let be easy on yourself. Just know that this is a great way to awaken your energy body and bring yourself to the present moment. I'd like you to notice your breath. You can either put your hands On your lap, up, or if you like that feeling of them, the energy coursing through and you feel it stronger, you can put them on your lap, kind of facing each other. And I'd like you to now imagine that energy going up and down your body, just going up your arms and to your chest and neck and face and down to your neck again and heart stomach, and legs, and feet. I'm going to just bring the energy right back up your legs and your stomach. You're going to settle it in your heart. And if you want to put a hand on your heart right now, that is totally fine too. Now it's time for you to come up with that anchoring moment before you take the next step. I'd love for you to imagine a time in which you felt your heart leaping with joy a time in which you felt tears of gratitude or happiness. Not only would I like you to recall that moment, but when you have one, I you to sit with it. I'd like you to imagine the people that were there and your feelings for them. I'd like you to see that situation and see the people involved and feel the emotions of it. If you can recall a smell or a taste, I'd like you to bring that into the memory too as well as any visual cues around you. The more sensory awareness you can recall, the more powerful your anchor will be. I'd like you to sit with this for a few seconds with your eyes closed and a little smile on your face, bringing in that emotion as if you were truly revisiting it now in this moment. I'd like you to now think of a moment in the next few days when you can bring this anchor in at least once or maybe a few times in different scenarios. Maybe in the beginning of your day to give you a jump start or the end of the day to give you pleasant thoughts before you go to sleep. You could think about your anchor when you're stuck in traffic, if maybe you're annoyed at work, or even when you're about to engage in a challenging conversation. By thinking about these moments, you will use the anchor ahead of time. The anchor will come to mind in those times. You can see yourself in that normally triggering moment and using the anchor. Try to visualize your mood changing as you recall this special moment. Give yourself some gratitude for basking in the energy of this joyful moment. Slowly, when you're ready, you can say goodbye to that moment with a smile, knowing you will be revisiting it soon. Bring yourself back into this moment, feeling your chair or bed beneath you, feeling your fingers and toes and wiggling them, noticing your breath and how calm and relaxed you feel. And when you're ready, you can take a few deep breaths and open
1: your eyes. I feel wonderful now. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> That's good! <laughs> it's it's very powerful. I'm sitting in a place I love with people. I love doing what I love, you know, doing this interview, and yet just taking that time out to visit that anchor um, amplifies my presence in what I'm here. Doing. Nice. Mm, that feels wonderful. When, when you are working with people and when you're giving them that tool of the anchor, do you ever connect with someone who says, I can't think of a time? I don't know. No, I've got this one or that. This isn't good enough. How about that? No, I guess I wasn't truly happy. Do people have a hard time settling on their moment?
0: Well, that's really funny because I just had my first client that had a really ta- hard Hard time coming up with the moment. She had yeah. a really hard childhood, and I had to actually help her search her memory for one. Uh, but in general, I teach a co-facilitate a women's group, and it's it's really interesting because every time we've done this exercise in women's group, we have so many tears. <laughs> it's it's really amazing because it, it's so beautiful to tap into that, and we just don't allow ourselves to. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you saw how fast, what did that tool take? A couple of minutes, you know, and I'm not asking you to take hours and, you know, meditate. Oh, you'd probably be flying high if you meditated (laughs) on that for an hour. But it just takes a few moments to really get into that present moment. And remember, it's so powerful because you remember, oh yeah, life can be joyful, you know, (laughs) because so many times life can seem so
1: challenging. Well, and so much of... Healing, as I understand it, is about changing the narrative, changing the story we tell ourselves. And if I am telling myself that story, which may be true that I had a horrible childhood, that it's very difficult for me to remember something pleasant, that everything brought pain, that just looking for the one moment that second two and a half seconds that you had when you were nine years old and you looked out of the window and the sun came through just that way and it made everything sparkle just even that right gifts in everything but part of i think why it might the reason i asked that question is that it might be difficult for someone to find the anchor but that just kind of shows how important it is that you look that you take a breath and sit into that that you continue the that you continue the journey because yeah. you have one and I'll be willing to bet you've got 88 squillion of them.
0: I know we do. And I bet if, you know, I asked the same client to come up with, you know, 10 horrible memories. that can like rattle them off like yeah. it's nothing. So it, it is so important. I and mean, we do this to ourselves. We torture ourselves, you know, so it's starting to become your best friend, like starting to treat yourself like you would people that you love, because of course we love ourselves. You know, we, we need to love ourselves. We want the best for ourselves. And it's just that we get into the habit, uh, you know, God forbid you turn on the news, the first story is going to be the most horrific. We've kind of been trained in the bad news uh, in like the negativity and holding on to that and really not trained to bask in the positive.
1: Can you say a little bit about this and the connection to abundance? To me, this is all one Big piece forgiveness and letting go, and abundance and healing and joy. It's all one big piece. Can you say a little bit about how this taps into abundance, whether it's of health or material goods or relationship?
0: Yeah, again, it's the self worth. If we believe life is hard, you know, we're kind of dealt these cards and that's what we got, and you know, we were given a bad deal and. I mean, we put all these limiting thoughts on ourselves, and we're not going to be in that vibration to attract good things to us. We're going to be in the vibration of attracting similarly, similar things to us, which might be a bad relationship, which might be in that poverty mindset. Money is a, is a tricky one because we have a lot of beliefs, too, that come from our society, uh, from global consciousness, So many people have grown up thinking, oh, rich people are bad or money is evil. Yeah, money is the root of all evil. All these horrible sayings. And if they have been said to you enough, you know, you might not even consciously believe them, but it's in your subconscious. And that could be stopping you. So it is really important to start start paying attention to what you're saying to yourself about your health, about money, about these things that are seemingly absent from your life. And start maybe changing your dialogue around a little bit. I'm a big believer in affirmations. I look at them a little differently than some people. I don't really believe every affirmation is created equal. I believe that um, the more we say an affirmation that is at least based in some kind of truth for us, it is more effective. When I was healing, I don't think I could have said I'm healed because my body would have been like, Yeah, no you're not (laughs) pain. But I was saying I'm working on my healing every day. I'm working on learning more about myself every day. Things that just kinda resonate as truth, uh, if I have if my pinky is healthy, then that means I have healthy cells in my body. Instead of saying I'm healed uh, and I think I've seen this with some people with the money. You know, they write the affirmations down a hundred times. I, you know, I'm a millionaire. Well, you know what? If you really believe that you don't want to be a millionaire or that being rich is evil, that really, I've seen it create almost the opposite.
1: That's
0: right. You know, more of a resistance to money, more lack. So, but starting to look at like, what is your truth? What do you want? You know, what, how would you like to change this dialogue up? Coming up with something that's a little bit believable, maybe a little bit of a stretch for you too, but really starting to work with yourself on if this is comfortable for you uh, and starting to let go of um, what you don't need anymore, giving yourself permission to be in that self-love to start to create that change.
1: And you talk in the book about that um, cycle or that process of letting go and then receiving, and that's so important because when your arms are full or your heart is full or your body is full of all that old stuff, it's hard sometimes to take anything else in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, We and with letting go and receiving too, it, it, if we tell the universe exactly what we want and it's got to be this way, we're really not allowing the wiggle room that the universe needs. We, we're really not allowing for... Uh, some people say this or something better, you know, and I love that because we just see a sliver of like reality and of of the the possibilities at all times. So to be able to know our self-worth, to be able to let go of what doesn't serve us anymore and to have our arms open kind of in that gratitude. And that really does allow that receiving to come in. Yes, universe, you know, I've, I've, cleared, you know, I've cleared some of these unhealthy habits that might have been contributing to my health. You know, I'm saying affirmations and I really am doing this work. And now I'm going to let go a little bit, you know, and see how this manifests for me. Uh, Give the universe some wiggle room too. Uh, And it is pretty amazing what kind of magic happens when we start taking some action steps. If it's aligned, you'll be amazed how other things align, the synchronicities that come and you're just, life is in flow, and instead of resisting all the time, we're so good at resisting, Uh, and we, yeah, I still do that, it's so funny, I had, you know, sometimes I'll put out, you know, two things, and the one that seems harder, it's almost like you want that, that one to work, but it's understanding that life really does, is easy, and we're meant to go with the flow, we're meant to notice the synchronicities, and just flow into them, instead of telling the world how how it has to be.
1: I think sometimes we get used to having that rigid focus on whatever it is our health that is going badly or the relationship that's going badly or the money we don't have and and when we read something like this or have a shift like this, we can sometimes swing too much the other way. Okay, now I'll have a death grip on affirmations. Now I'll have a death. No, 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 no. no. Everybody relax, right? Take a breath. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. Just it's okay. It's okay for that flow, for that up and down to be a little bit fun. doesn't mean it's a 100% pleasurable all the time, but it's okay to just live your life, just to be in it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and stop numbing out and being distracted. And I mean, the, the biggest gift you can give yourself is that present moment.
1: Hmm. If, is there a, like a, a message or something that you really want to be sure that everybody listen, listening to this gets, whether it's from the book or from your work or from what we've shared today?
0: The main message, there, there are really two things that are critical for, for change. Uh, the first is self-love. And the second is presence. We have to love ourselves enough to know that we are worthy. We're worthy of the dream relationship. We're worthy of the job that we love. We're worthy of wonderful friendships. We're worthy of perfect health. We're worthy of all these things. Life does not have to be that challenging. And the present moment is such a gift because in that moment we can decide we are going to change some of these things. We can bring in some of these tools like the anchor, like a self-love exercise or gratitude it's really about starting to be kinder to ourselves. That would be my, you know, exercise to take away is really to go to sleep tonight thinking about some of the things that you love about yourself, things that you've done that were good for people or good for yourself in the last week to, week or two, month, you know, how far you've come in the last year. When we start to bask in those, we start to just be a little gentler with ourselves and that's really the key message here. Just be really gentle with yourselves as you do take the step into awareness and into this short path to change, because you can, it goes much easier if you're nice to yourself. It's not about judging yourself when the stuff comes up. It's about recognizing it so you can make your life better.
1: Mm. Can you let us know, how listeners can connect with you, what we'll find on your website, what's coming up. Tell, do all that part now, please.
0: Sure. My website is JennyMannion.com, J-E-N-N-Y-M-A-N-N-I-O-N.com. And I have my book for sale on the site or on Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble or my publisher, Llewellyn. Right now I'm working on an online course, which will have some of the exercises from the book. So I'm really excited about that. It'll be a video course. And on my website, you can, I'm willing to give 10-minute or 20-minute consultations, 20-minute consultations with the purchase of my book, and I love talking with people and giving people tools. I offer reconnective healing in person or at a distance, uh, Akashic record reading, and just some mind-body mentoring, too, uh, just some help navigating through some of these, these tools. Sometimes it can be a little challenging. You know, I'd love to help people along I never look at like I'm healing anybody I'm giving people tools so that can, they can be aware of what they need to change in their life and they can start to make those shifts and start to create the life of their dreams and my life looks totally different than it did ten years ago I'm, I'm in a relationship that I'm you know, beyond my wildest dreams I have a healing practice my book is published I've always dreamed of publishing a book wonderful friends, wonderful family, good relationship with my kids. When when you start to work on yourself and make you the best person you can be, everything changes around you and you attract that to yourself.
1: Jenny, thank you so much for being on the show. What great fun. That's true. You know, you attract those things to yourself and then you also have permission to enjoy them. So yes. you can right, you can see it coming to you and you can go, yes, absolutely, more of that, please. <laughs> and that's that's healing right there, right? More of the good stuff. Um yes. Thank you so much for being thank on the show. Thank you so
0: much,
1: Karen. <laughs> that's Jenny Mannion. Her new book is A Short Path to Change, 30 Ways to Transform Your Life, published by Llewellyn. As she said, her website is jennymannion.com. That's J-E-N-N-Y. M-A-N-N-I-O-N dot com. And you can check out her site for some resources and interesting interesting things and how you can get in touch with Jenny. And, of course, you can always find me at my website, which is KarenHager.com. There's a lot of classes and events. There's a lot happening in my world right now. And if you are in the uh, Los Angeles area or the San Francisco Bay Area, have a look at KarenHager.com and see if maybe we can cross paths uh, during my time teaching in Los Angeles or San Francisco in the month of July. And if you believe, as I do, that when we put our collective intention on peace, that when we come together from all the various places in the world, no matter what we're thinking, no matter what we believe in, and we focus on love, that it makes a difference, I invite you strongly to join me for the monthly free meditation, 15-minute guided meditation. That is all at open, peaceful, Heart.com. That's absolutely free. Nobody's selling anything. Nothing creepy going on. Show up, bring your intention for peace, and connect with others from around the world who want to share that sacred space with you. That's at openpeacefulheart.com. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.